0: Hey folks, this is Jesse Coe, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are and whatever part of the day you're in. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me and giving me a little bit of your time. For those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, tell people about it, help spread the word. Thank you so much. And for those of y'all that have joined over on Patreon and are financially supporting the podcast with one of the three tiers, I'm incredibly grateful for that and humbled by it. Hope y'all are enjoying the additional podcasts and I will try and use your time wisely. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the people that listen to and share the podcast. Thank you for the chance to record it. Be with all these people that listen and their families, guide them, guide our nation back to you. Be with those who are sick and hurting. Give me the words that you want me to speak. In the name of your son Jesus Christ. We pray and forgive us our sins, Lord, both the individual ones and the national ones. Amen. So we <clears throat> spent some time last week talking about. We started the State of the Union from January the sixth, nineteen forty-two, of FDR, and I'm going to try and. Tie up some loose ends here. But before I do, trying to find just a little history in his back toward the beginning of his speech. Japan's scheme of conquest goes back half a century. It was not merely a policy of seeking living room. It was a plan which included the subjugation of all peoples in the Far East and in the islands of the Pacific and the domination of that ocean by Japanese military and naval control of the western coasts of North, Central, and South America. The development of this ambitious conspiracy was marked by the war against China in 1894 the subsequent subsequent occupation of Korea, the war against Russia in 1904, the illegal fortification of the mandated Pacific Islands following 1920, the seizure of Manchuria in 1931, and the invasion of China in 1937. A similar policy of criminal conquest was adopted by Italy. The fascists first revealed their imperial designs in Libya, Libya and Tripoli, In 1935, they seized Abyssinia. Their goal was the domination of all North Africa, Egypt, parts of France, and the entire Mediterranean world. But the dreams of empire of the Japanese and fascist leaders were modest in comparison with the gargantuan aspirations of Hitler and his Nazis. Even before they came to power in 1933, their plans for that conquest had been drawn Those plans provided for ultimate domination, not of any one section of the world, but of the whole earth and all the oceans on it. The quote by Anne Ryan that I've kind of paraphrased, which is. Socialism, Communism, Nazism, Fascism, and I had leftism in there. They're all just different shades of the same monstrous evil. You may not see, or we may not see today, military war from the left, from those who stand for the principles of the left. But... It starts out that way, meaning it starts out not with the military often, time and time again. And if you think that that those forces, those groups that lean that way have not learned at least some of them a little bit of history, that's always the conundrum, right? That's the hard part is if we're dealing with people that are intelligent, which I'm sure you know some in your life that you would consider intelligent, uh, maybe even some that you would consider decent people to a certain extent, how in the world do they support the left? How can they possibly know history and, and support those evils? And, and to a large degree, maybe there's some credibility there. Maybe a lot of people don't know Uh, Certainly, we're not doing a good job educating an America today history uh, through not necessarily the fault of teachers or administrators or counselors. We have some phenomenal uh, people in each of those categories, but because the system has been constructed in such a way that it's impossible to teach this history that's so important. But for whatever reason, there are people that support the evil values of the left. And there are people within that group that have looked back at history or socialism, communism, Nazism, fascism, leftism, and said, hey, you know what? This didn't work last time. If we tinker with this a little, if we adjust this, maybe if we don't go militaristic quite so quickly and then we use more propaganda and more intellectual and we try and brainwash the children first for a few generations and make them amiable or susceptible or whatever better word y'all can think of to these principles maybe that'll work a little bit better this time and And you see that in culture and entertainment and education in the United States. We have been for decades preparing our children to embrace the ideas of the left. Whether you're talking about rejection of God, revisionist history, abortion, LGBTQ feminism, identity politics, critical race theory, socialism, communism, illegal immigration. All of these have been pushed by entertainment and, and culture. And you know, to a large degree, entertainment, especially for children, that develops a lot of the way that they see the world. Which is why some of these organizations that are that are trying to push back are so important. It's why school choice is so important. It's it's why Uh, you see a lot of these, not a lot, I should, not a lot at all, actually, but you see a few of these conservative groups and people really Mm -hmm. trying to teach children, really focus on children and teach them the truth, right? And that's part of the whole breakdown. We go back to John Dewey and the goal of socialist communist schools is to or education just in general is to separate children from God and from their family. And so at any rate, I just read this little bit about Japanese, the, the Japanese and the Italians and the Nazis from FDR's speech because make no mistake folks, the goal is still the same, whether it's via outright war or whether it's kind of cold, like we saw with the communists, the Cold War, and and like we're in this cold civil war now in America, it's about control. It's about power. It always is with the left, with people that that go that route. And, And so we're heading in the same direction, folks. We've been down this path before. It's looked a little different, but it's the same basic path. So we're going to read a couple more excerpts. Read this one again just because it's so true just in general sentiment. We must guard against complacency. We must not underrate the enemy. He is powerful and cunning and cruel and ruthless. He will stop at nothing that gives him a chance to kill and to destroy. He has trained his people to believe that their highest perfection is achieved by waging war. For many years, he has prepared for this very conflict, planning, plotting, training, arming, and fighting. We have already tasted defeat, and we may suffer further setbacks. We must face the fact of a hard war, a long war, a bloody war, a costly war. He has trained his people to believe that their highest perfection is achieved by waging war. Don't ever forget that, folks. Hitler, Mao stalin none of those really what are viewed if you know anything about history as evil men none of them would have gotten into power if the people didn't support them to a certain degree and that's that's part of the truth that we really don't want to talk about in america today a little bit later on in his speech There were only some 400 United States Marines who, in the heroic and historic defense of Wake Island, inflicted such great losses on the enemy. Some of those men were killed in action. Others are now prisoners of war. When the survivors of that great fight are liberated and restored to their homes, they will learn that 130 million of their fellow citizens have been inspired to render their own full share of service and sacrifice. I had to read that just because of my background in the Marine Corps. And if you know much about those first few fights against the Japanese in the Pacific, uh, we were sorely outgunned as far as technology and how prepared or ill-prepared we were. And if you know a little bit deeper, you know that some of these, well, a lot of the prisoners, but I'm just thinking about the ones from early on, the ones that survived Japanese POW camps for a year or two, uh, the conditions were just absolutely horrific. Uh, one description of the, some of the prisoners when they were finally rescued, after the end of the war, at the end of the war, said that they looked like walking skeletons. They had been so ill-treated and malnourished and tortured and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, none of this is going to be easy, folks. We sit today and we eat three meals a day for most of us and go home to our nice, cozy houses that have electricity and running clean water, and heat in the winter. Uh, Our people are healthy and happy, et cetera, et cetera. And it makes it real hard to turn your head and look at the really dark clouds that are just over the horizon. But we better. Because being caught completely unaware, uh, is gonna be a lot worse. And so the last few paragraphs I'm gonna read here of his January 6th speech. We are fighting today for security, for progress, and for peace, not only for ourselves, but for all men, not only for one generation, but for all generations. We're fighting to cleanse the world of ancient evils, ancient ills. Our enemies are guided by brutal cynicism, by unholy contempt for the human race, We are inspired by a faith that goes back through all the years to the first chapter of the book of Genesis. God created man in his own image. We are on our side. We on our side are striving to be true to that divine heritage. We are fighting, as our fathers have fought, to uphold the doctrine that all men are equal in the sight of God. Those on the other side are striving to destroy this deep belief and to create a world in their own image, a world of tyranny and cruelty and serfdom. That is the conflict that day and night now pervades our lives. No compromise can end that conflict. There never has been, there never can be, successful compromise between good and evil. Only total victory can reward the champions of tolerance and decency and freedom and faith. There's a couple of really important points in these last few paragraphs and sentences. And uh, the biggest one for sure is FDR's reference to the founding of our nation. And that we were fighting for the doctrine, the belief that, just like our fathers did, our founders, that all men are created equal in the sight of God. And he talks about that, that this faith that we're inspired by is the faith that goes all the way back to the first chapter of the book of Genesis, that God created man in his own image because we're a Christian nation. And when our back's against the wall, like it seems to be we're headed that way you don't have the luxury of pretending that a lie is true or that what's true isn't so and when you get down to it folks at the end of the day that is the fight that's the only reason that america is so successful that's the only reason she is worth fighting for we talk about freedom and liberty and democracy, even though we're a republic. But all of those ideas from our Bill of Rights have a foundation in God and the Bible, the sanctity of life, right? The ability, uh, the individualistic idea of a man that we're all created equally. That we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, and and the dependence that we give, starting with our Declaration on Divine Providence. And you see that at the beginning of this fight, this World War II fight, FDR turns back again to God. And and so that's that's that is the point. That is the point the other though which is kind of dark to a certain degree uh, it's it's something that we don't like to talk about is this last paragraph what he ends with uh, it's it's very obvious on the face what we don't like to discuss are the logical conclusions from this truth and that is he says there no compromise can end that conflict There never has been, there never can be successful compromise between good and evil. Only total victory can reward the champions of tolerance, decency, freedom, and faith. All of those built on faith, right? So this is what we don't like to acknowledge. I mean, we do, but we like to stop with just the superficial comment that, we, of course you can't have any compromise between good and evil. You can't mix those two things. It's like oil and water. And if, if that's what you said and you just stopped right there, I think most people would agree with you. It's easy to agree with that, that you can't have good and evil coexist. But when you really dig down and what we've tried to do on this podcast a lot over the last year and a half plus now is talk about the fact that that's exactly what we've tried to do for the last six to eight decades in particular in America is pretend that you can have good and evil coexist with each other. That that there can be this, this reconciliation or this coexistence without one side or the other having, as FDR said here, total victory. And that's just simply not true. And it's it's easy to see if you're willing to look. For example, you can't have people that say that God and Jesus Christ is the center of this country, and those that say that God and Jesus Christ have no place in the public life of this country coexist and 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 live together, one side or the other is going to have to fold. A lot like Lincoln's comment about the North and the South, one side or the other was likely wrong, both sides could be wrong, but neither, but both sides could not be right. It's not quite the same here, but abortion is another one you can't have people that all of these core issues really fall into this category you can't have people that say that abortion is murder and those that say no it's it's not murder it's nothing it's the right of a woman to choose right one side or the other is going to have to cave they're going to have to give they're going to have to one side the side that says that it's murder is going to have to change their minds and say well you know uh, either we don't really care that much it's not murder Or we're just going to go ahead and we still think it's murder, but we're going to go ahead and let y'all continue to slaughter children by the tens of millions. Or the other side is going to have to say, hey, you know what? Y'all were right. This really is uh, murder. And, And so we're changing our hearts and our minds. Or the third option, which is where I feel like that's where we're headed, is neither side changes their opinion. And then you have a fight. Uh, you can't have truth and a lie coexist together, folks. It just, it's not going to work. It's just not logical. It makes no sense. And so I think that's really, at the end of his speech here, talking about our faith. It goes all the way back to the first chapter of the book of Genesis and this idea that all men are created equal in the sight of God, you know, God is the point for America. And that's going to dictate how things shake out in the end. How we follow or choose not to. God be with y'all. God bless y'all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to y'all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.